Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your host, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. What an exciting weekend it was for the Eastern Michigan football team as they were able to pull out a heart-stopping victory in Champaign, Illinois. Now falls to the Eagles the third consecutive year. Eastern has gotten a Big Ten roadkill. We'll have plenty on that today in the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. Thrilled to have you along. The Eagles finally, on the football side, get to come back home. But more importantly... Two other teams have a chance to play in their respective venues as well. Volleyball over the weekend got to play their first home game. They've got a home match against Purdue-Fort Wayne on Tuesday. And it feels like forever, Alex, since we've seen women's soccer at home, they're back this week too. Well, it's been over a month uh, since we've seen them. And let me tell you about volleyball, Greg. You know, had a tough weekend this weekend, dropping two to Navy in Michigan. but. I looked at a lot of the stats. I got to watch some of the play. They're really about to break through, and I think they're going to have a great chance to defend their MAC title with Darcy Dorton uh, at the helm for the first year. They're really close, and the same thing with soccer. You know, the record hasn't showed it yet, but Scott Hall's pretty confident that the pieces they have will really help them contend in the MAC, and I'm excited to see them on the pitch against Loyola Chicago. Both teams have certainly picked up their defensive abilities. Now the offensive varieties has to come around. A sport that needed no problems scoring and scoring well. That was the men's golf team last week in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, Not only did they finish with a school record uh, in terms of their 54 holes total, there were 20 under par with an 832. And Zach Mason took home Mac Player of the Week honors as he was the best on that team, uh, shooting a 205. Alex, that's like you out on the golf course just every weekend. If I could ever shoot a 20 under anything near uh, the performance that Zach Mason had this week, I'd be really happy. But I don't think it's coming anytime soon. But don't let me get you off the hook here without telling our listeners that we all know that I may not be the best golfer, but I did not take out a squirrel at Eagle Crest this spring like you certainly did. I was there to witness. I'm not going to let you off the hook and making fun of my golf game this week, Greg. Vermin B. Beware. Never doubt me on the golf course. Women's golf in action right now as we speak there in Funcy, better known as Muncie, Indiana, getting the Cardinal Classic going. 
Uh, you've had some fine memories of Muncie over the years. I tell everybody all the time, one of my best memories as a member of the Eastern Michigan Athletic Department came in Muncie. Of course, the now famous uh, election night game in 2016 that helped us become bowl eligible for the first time in 30 years when we did it back then. And of course, since then, we've played in two bowls. And well, with the start to this season, Greg, it looks like we could be well on our way to a third. I'm not going to put the cart before the horse yet, but I think you're maybe dreaming of Idaho in December or January. Maybe. Not not to say anything, but we got a lot of a lot of ground to cover. Well, we do have a lot of ground to cover, but before I start dreaming about uh, baked potatoes and steak, I really am dreaming about December 7th being at Ford Field, hopefully, for the MAC Championship. But like you said, that's a long way away. We have got to... Uh see to our first home game first, which is, of course, happening this weekend, opening up Rynearson Stadium for the 50th year. Some would say Greg's been here for close to all those 50, but eh, 20 is is a good number. Uh, Greg, give me some of your memories about Rynearson. What, what are you excited about uh, every year when they come home for the first time? Uh, anytime you can be home for the first time, it's the, the pageantry and the pomp and circumstance that surround things, the band, the fight song, the walking out to the tunnel for the first time. All those things will get underway. Scott Weatherby, Chris Creighton have worked hard to establish traditions the last few years. Eagle Walk, one of those, uh, greeting the teams as they get off the bus. That'll happen roughly 1245 right out in front of Rynearson. Uh, gates will open approximately 130 for the 3 o'clock kick as uh, parking lots will begin the day at noon. But you can get your football fix a little earlier in the week because Wednesday it's the first of the five EMU coaches luncheons. This week uh, they'll be at Big Alora located in Ann Arbor as Coach Creighton and a player will be there to talk to the public, ask questions, anything you want coming up on Wednesday at noon at Big Alora. Greg and I get to talk to Coach almost daily, but when people, members of the public get to come out and really experience what we get to experience on a daily basis, getting to talk to Coach, getting to interact with our student athletes really makes me happy to see that. I think, especially now, there's so much energy around the program, high expectations here in Ypsilanti, and, and that's really come about in the last couple of years, but I'm excited. And I, you know, shameless plug here, Big Alora, good wood-fired pizza, Greg, so I'm excited to get one of those on my plate too. Give me the meatballs. Any day meatballs but another chance to also feed your face alex on tuesday it's taco tuesday emu style if you come out to the purdue fort wayne match tomorrow for volleyball there will be tacos for students well i'm not even going to attempt to do the taco tuesday rant like one lebron james does it but I do think I could beat him in one-on-one. -on -one. Nonetheless, it's going to be a great time out uh, at the Convo tomorrow to see our women's volleyball team in action. And, you know, they're playing a Purdue-Fort Wayne team that uh, is off to, a, I think, a 3-7 and seven start. So a good opportunity for Dorton's squad to, to get on a roll here, uh, hopefully pick up a home win. And don't forget that uh, the women's cross-country team is in Beantown this weekend. They're at the Battle at Beantown on Friday and Saturday. So we wish... Coach Parks and her team, all the best. Speaking of people in Beantown, our one and only Tom Helmer, he'll be in Boston this week, filling in pre and post game on Nesson. So check him out if you're flipping through the dials, watching the Red Sox game. But more importantly, you got a chance to catch up with him and talk about his vantage from the press box. Absolutely. And Tom was happy enough to sit down for a new segment that we're going to have a little bit more frequently called Tom's Takes. And it's really a cool perspective because these people hear you and me blab all the time. They hear Coach Creighton uh, after every week. But Tom offers some new uh, variety from the press box view and kind of takes us through all the emotions of what he saw against Illinois and what he looks forward to every week. He's 
a really, really uh, well-read guy. He studies up teams before uh, we get to kickoff. So it's really a treat to get to listen to him and get to listen to some of the takes that he has about the week upcoming. He will have some takes. You also then had a chance to catch up with uh, not only one of the best baseball players in recent memory, but also a current major leaguer in his own right, Matt Shoemaker, out for the year right now with an arm injury. But I know his expectations bigger than better than ever. Then hopefully we'll see him in a Blue Jay uniform, if not, maybe closer to home next year. Yeah, I talked to Matt Shoemaker. I got to catch up with him not too long ago, and we really discussed a lot of the new Student Athlete Performance Center, but we talked a lot about the Eastern Michigan baseball program, too. You know, Matt is not only a fantastic player, but he really considers Ypsilanti home. He's back all the time. He hosts some different camps here every year, and he's really in tune with our baseball program. So this is coming on the heels. Baseball hosted their alumni weekend this past weekend. They had a ton of great people out here that support the program and support the athletic department. And we thought it was a great time to, to sit down with Shu and get to hear some of the reasons that he chose Ypsilanti to spend four years of his life. And he still comes back to this day. So really interesting interview. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Can't wait. We've got eight minutes in the books. Quick timeout. When we return on the other side of the break, we'll hear from Coach Creighton and so much more as the Eastern Insider Podcast rolls on after this. The third consecutive year, Eastern Michigan goes on the road to a Big Ten venue and comes away a winner. A heart-pounding finish it took, but once again, the Eagles prevail. This time on top of Illinois, 34-31, joined alongside head coach Chris Creighton and a jubilant bus ride back. It was not the same locker room I've been a part of the last two years for Big Ten wins. People were excited, but it was like, okay, we've done this before. This isn't the end-all, be-all. It's a good win. It was a good win, and there was a lot of excitement. It was a long bus ride, so there was, uh, we were jubilant, but not for all six hours. <laughs> we had plenty of other things uh, to do. Um, but yeah, you know, it. I think that uh, it was a big deal uh, for our guys, for sure. Um, you know, at, at the same time, we know that we're just three games in um, and and we have a, a lot of work to do. It was quick to not necessarily remind our guys, but, you know, point out, I mean, there's just a lot of talk about 3-0 versus the Big Ten. And what we're focused on right now is the 0-10 that we've been since we've beaten the Big Ten. You know, we went 0-6 in 2017 after beating Rutgers and we went 0-4 um, in 2018 after beating Purdue. And the room got pretty quiet, to be honest with you. Um, you know, when we talked about the fact that we're 0-10 in two years after beating the Big Ten, and we just we don't want to be 0-11. We want to go 1-0 and, um, you know, have uh, not just win, but play really good football this week. Yeah, your message was pretty clear in that aspect. In the aspect also, this can't be the biggest moment of the season. Everybody's goal still looks towards December and, and Ford Field and an opportunity there to play for a MAC championship. But all of that continues the simple fact that Eastern Michigan has played really well in those situations. When you attribute and look back at some of the similarities between the last three years in games similar to that, Purdue uh, last year, a 24-yard field goal, Illinois this year, 24-yard field goal. What do you see as the similarities that, that you've been able to track between between these th- three teams and three games? Well, I, I think the first thing would be is that our, our guys had a, a legitimate and an authentic belief that we could do it. 
I think it it starts there. It wasn't putting our you know putting our toes in the water or one foot in and one foot out. Just a, a real belief that that we could compete, and if we played well, we'd have a chance to win those games. So I think that's probably the similarity. And then of course, I mean, they're all three you know close games down to the wire, and we're able to uh, to make plays um, uh, you know in each of those three games at the end to to win. How many? Uh congratulatory messages and all that fun stuff do you get to wade through when you're sitting on the bus ride <laughs> heading back because uh, of course last year in West Lafayette it was right outside where he'd previously coached but what is it uh, like on your phone when you're getting blown up after a game like this it's fun it takes a while to get back to people but it's uh yeah I mean you know there's I was just talking to my wife about that you know there are people that you haven't necessarily talked to or heard from in a really, really long time. Um, and after Kentucky, I still hadn't heard from them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is. It's fun. I mean, it goes back to people in Seattle from high school and in California where I, you know, grew up, you know, then teammates from college and, you know, coaching coaching friends and family friends. And, and so it's it's neat. You know, the fact that it's on national television, people, people get to know that uh, – or see that we that we played and, and had a fun day. So I appreciate every message I get. Alongside head coach Chris Creighton, uh, in the stat that I found this morning, according to college researcher and, and statistician Cody Kellner, EMU is in some very rare company, Coach. Eagles are joined by Ohio State, Mississippi State, and Auburn as the only four FBS teams with two victories over squads with winning records. Hard to, to uh, granted, it's got a lot of things narrowed down. It, it helps. But from where this program was six years ago to now, to hear a stat like that, what does that, something like that mean? Well, it's early and all that, but every team that we played so far, you know, in the first three games were undefeated when we played them. Obviously the first game of the year and, and they've, they've proven they went out and beat Kansas and then won uh, very handily this last week, you know, Coastal Carolina did. And then, you know, um, Kentucky played Florida down to the, down to the wire, but they were undefeated and, you know, going into our game and then Illinois, um, you know, really kind of took it to Akron um, and then beat UConn on the road. So um, it, it's always about who you're playing in that moment. And um, so I think that the fact that we beat, you know, the two teams with winning records is, is a big deal. You get a chance to come home this week, open the season at home finally uh, in front of your home fans against Central Connecticut State. The last of the 129 members of the FBS to finally get an opportunity. Uh, four and one in home openers in your tenure, but a Central Connecticut team that is three and zero coming off a fine win that they had on the road at Valparaiso. Uh, what have you seen or know so far about the Blue Devils? Well, um, you know, ju- it starts with that, just that that they're they're three and zero, and you know their first two games came down to the wire, um, kicked field goals and won. So you know that they've got the winning mindset and mentality. Uh, and then I'm very familiar with Valparaiso being in the Pioneer Football League and going to Valpo was was never, um, you know, fun, just a hard place to play, I think, for tons of different reasons. And, you know, they went in there and, and had an explosive running game. They intercepted Valpo's quarterback, I think, five times. Uh, and just, you know, the turnover takeaway ratio was um, uh, a monster imbalance. And uh, I know that that they believe that they can come and beat us um, no differently than, than we believe that, you know, we could go beat coastal Kentucky and in Illinois. And so I don't, uh, I don't worry about like our mindset at all, but I, you know, I do at the same time want to say that, and I've said this before, 
that I believe that we can beat anybody when we're playing well and all of us are, are into it and, and, and getting after it. And then we will lose to anybody on our schedule. You know, if we're not playing well, if we're not, if we don't prepare um, and, and we're not locked in. And so um, our guys know that it's not something that I've got to convince them of. Um, and um, we, you know, we're going to study these guys just like we've studied the first three opponents. We're going to prepare the same way um, that we have for these uh, first three games. And, and we'll continue to prepare in that same way. And we'll want to play our best football of the year on, on Saturday afternoon in the factory with our home crowd. An opportunity for fans to get out. It's family weekend, a three o'clock kick against Central Connecticut State. Uh, tickets you can still get by calling 734-487-3669. Uh, stadium will get going with the parking lots opening at noon. Uh, Eagle Walk to follow as you get off the bus. And this time a little change because you'll get off the bus, walk through the stadium, and then make the left into the new Student Athlete Performance Center rather than going underneath the stands as you did a year ago. Have you thought about what it's going to be like on Saturday to walk into this building for the first time and then run out of that new locker room? Uh, We were talking about it yesterday, and, I mean, I got chills, to be honest with you. You know, we've been in the building now for, you know, a couple months, and, um, not that you're used to it, because I still pinch myself um, every couple of days. But, you know, thinking about game day um, and doing that all for the first time, um, you know, it's uh, I, I, I can't wait. I really can't. I mean, I, I can't wait to um, for this team to play in front of the home crowd in the factory and, you know, with our building. And it's just uh, it's a big deal. If somebody's on the ledge about Saturday, what's your final message to them on why they should be in their seat bright and early? Yeah, I, you know, you said the parking lots open at noon. I hope that they're closed at one um, and that, you know, the Eagle Walk, um, that is just always, it's a, it's a big deal for our guys. I think people love it, you know, to, to be able to be there and cheer the guys on and cheerleaders are there and dance and the, our band, which, oh man, we, we, um, met our band here during camp and, um, it was, it was a blast. I mean, they really, uh, showed up and, and showed out. And, uh, so it's just a fun time to welcome the team and, and get, you know, jacked up about what's about to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I believe that there's going to be a lot of people here, um, chance to see the building and chance to see this team and, um, it's going to be a great day. Chris, appreciate your time as always. We'll see you on Saturday. All right. Thanks, Greg. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. We're pleased to be joined now by first-year play-by-play voice of the Eastern Michigan Eagles, Tom Helmer, for a new segment, Tom's Takes. So every week uh, we'll try to get with Tom and hear a little bit about uh, the past week on the gridiron and looking forward to what we're going to see in the week to come. So, Tom, first off, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. And how have uh, you been enjoying your new role so far this year? Loving the new role. I'm glad to have my voice back today since... Mostly Sunday, I was hoarse after that that game call. And my ribs are good after Rob Rubick gave me a big bear hug up there in the booth after Chad Ryland kicked the winning field goal. But this is a fun team to watch. It's a great season for Eastern Michigan football. And it's nice now that, that winning's becoming the norm 
And now we'll see if they can carry it over to excellence. Will, will bowl games continue to be the norm for this university? The early answer to that seems to be yes. Talk a little bit about from your outside perspective. Obviously, the team goes down to Coastal Carolina week one, pulls off an impressive win. There's a little bit of shaky play there, but nothing to be uh, unexpected from a week one game. Obviously, the disappointing loss at Kentucky, but this week, third straight Big Ten win over Illinois and really an impressive performance. What do you see from the booth that you really took away as a strong indicator of what we're going to be able to see going forward? Well, one, the difference was Eastern Michigan didn't get off to a slow start. Down in Coastal Carolina, they only had three offensive possessions in the first half. Against Kentucky, they fell behind 17-3, and then it was all passing, and they could never really catch up. In order to stay in this game, they had to exchange blows with Illinois early on, and they absolutely did that. They also dominated in the trenches. We saw almost no pressure against Wilson at Kentucky in Week 2, but Brandon Peters was really running for his life. And then when Sean Simeon laid him out, I think that changed the course of the game for the Eastern Michigan defense. And on the offensive line of the ball, they did an excellent job running the football. They were able to move the ball up and down the field. And I think they wore out Illinois as the game went on. With a minute 44 left, you get the ball in a tie ball game. You never saw this team drop its head or maybe play for overtime. They were all in. Marched it down the field, and then Chad Ryland hit the game winner, and the rest, as they say, is history. First time this year getting to to see Eastern Michigan football. You're a Saline native, but moved your family back from Denver, Colorado. So I know you've kind of followed some of the scores of Eastern Michigan in the past, but have never really gotten your eyes on the team. How impressive is Mike Glass under center? He's very impressive. We saw his accuracy week one when he went 20-22. He's a guy that has an even temperament the entire game. You don't see his body language change, and I think that's important for the offense around him. Sometimes you'll see a quarterback that's frustrated or slam his helmet or hang his shoulders or will throw an interception. You can see a change in him. You don't see that change in glass. He is consistent from kickoff till the end of the football game, and the team feeds off of that. He's an excellent quarterback. And I've had other teams, broadcasters, ask me about the double threat of Mike Glass. I go, he is a double threat, but he's doing a great job of staying in the pocket, passing the ball, using his legs only when he has to. A lot of athletes that have his ability want to run at the first sign of trouble. They don't go through their progression. They may check one or two receivers, then tuck it and run. That's not Mike Glass. He is a quarterback with the ability to run, but just hasn't had to do it much this year, and I think it's been fantastic for the offense. To give people a little bit more insight on your background before we get into a few more questions about the team, tell us a little bit about your path in in broadcasting and kind of a couple of the stops you've had, and, and then we'll get back into Eastern Michigan football. Well, I played college football, first junior college in Arizona, and then finished up at a four-year school called California Lutheran University out in Thousand Oaks, where the Rams currently have their training facility. And I got into broadcasting right out of college, worked at a station called KCAL TV in LA, started as an intern, worked my way up to producer, and then I realized, you know what, I want to try being in front of the camera. Made an audition tape, got hired in the booming metropolis of Casper, Wyoming, and then worked (laughs) my way up from there till eventually I was doing national shows for Fox Television out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, I hosted a a baseball show with Chris Thompson that was nationally broadcast and then a a couple college football shows and then also started doing some play-by-play for the Colorado Rockies, University of Colorado, University of Denver. And and as I've moved along in my career, I realized I I enjoy the play-by-play aspect of it. So I've targeted more of my jobs 
towards that and tried to get away from the studio a little bit more. You're hearing from Tom Helmer, who's the first year play-by-play man for Eastern Michigan football. Of course, our great friend Matt Shepard is is now the voice of the Tigers. But between Tom and Shep and Rob Rubick, an NFL vet himself, it's pretty clear that Eastern has some great voices uh, inside the booth. And you alluded to your history being in Denver, being around teams uh, in vast numbers. So, Tom, when you think about some of the best teams you've ever worked with or been a part of, is it true when they say that championship teams just have a little bit different makeup and you can kind of get that grasp? And if so, does this Eastern Michigan team have a similar makeup? You know, what's interesting about Eastern Michigan is you go back to media day and talking to uh, Vince Calhoun, talking to Mike Glass. I asked the guys, you know, what's what's different about this year's team than even the last couple of years? And the immediate answer was, we love each other. And it, it kind of took me aback um, that that was their response. And they said, listen, not that we didn't love each other before, but we, we want to do something special with this team this year before we leave campus. And I've had the pleasure of playing on a national championship team in junior college level. And we just had a reunion this past year. It's been 30 years since we won that title. And it's like seeing your brothers. You do love each other. You do care about each other. You keep track of each other. Um, I had the privilege of covering the 2007 Colorado Rockies, a team that ended up going to the World Series for the first time in franchise history. And there was that brotherhood as well with that team. A lot of teams are good. Not all of them have the ability and the chemistry to go together to care for each other and lift each other up. Eastern Michigan has that ingredient. And I'm very curious to see how this season plays out because really sky's the limit. We're with Tom Helmer, who is an excellent play-by-play broadcaster, a really solid at uh, choosing road trip meals. We've had a few good (laughs) ones this week. Uh, His wife is an absolutely fantastic cook. She made us a beautiful uh, set of cookies this week before we went down to Illinois. Tom, when you look forward to Central Connecticut here coming into the factory at Rynearson Stadium this weekend, opening the 50th year of play here, but then looking forward as well into Mac play. Biggest thing after week three that the team really needs to continue and then improve on uh, if December 7th, the Mac championship is the goal. Yeah, Coach Creighton touched on it in his press conference. We'd like to point to how they're knocking off Big Ten teams. What they've done after knocking off Big Ten teams has not been impressive. They lose six straight after playing Rutgers. They lose four straight after playing Purdue. So as far as they're concerned, they don't see it as three straight wins against the Big Ten. They see it as their 0-10 after those games and want to change it this week against Central Connecticut State. I don't think this is the type of team that will have a letdown. They've got their foot on the gas. They know what the goal is at the end of the season. I think this could be a very big week for Eastern and a chance to get some guys suited up that haven't had a chance to put on a uniform yet. You can only travel so many, and there's guys that have gone through the 25 practices of training camp, have seen their team play for three weeks, but haven't had a chance to put on a uniform yet. On a personal level, I'm excited for the home game because this is a chance for all my family and relatives to come back to Eastern. My brother's a graduate of Eastern Michigan University. My sister-in-law got her undergrad master's here. My sister went here for a while and they're all coming to the game and they're, they're, they're coming back to Eastern and realizing there's something special going on here. In fact, I, through Facebook, talked to one girl I went to high school with and they turned the sound down on the TV and turned up WEMU to listen to the game. We were a little ahead of DirecTV, but they thought it was awesome because they knew what was going to happen before they could see it on TV, <laughs> and they refused to turn off the radio. So there's there's a lot more people coming back, but it's I, I said when I first started here, this job was special to me. I don't just see it as I'm a broadcaster of a Division One team. I'm a broadcaster 
uh, joining a family of a school I've known since I was a little kid. Well, there he is, ladies and gentlemen, play-by-play voice of the Eastern Michigan Football Eagles, Tom Helmer. And just remember, you know, this week is the first uh, home game for the team. If you can't make it out to the factory at Rynearson Stadium for family weekend here, you can always find Tom and Rob Rubick on WEMU 89.1 FM. We look forward to seeing all of you out there this week, and we look forward to maybe hearing from Tom more often on the Eastern Inside podcast. And until then, Tom, uh, rest those vocal cords. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Absolutely anytime. Joined now by EMU alum and current Toronto Blue Jay, Mr. Matt Shoemaker. Mr. Shoemaker, when you're seeing this building for the first time and all that it uh, encompasses for the EMU athletics and the student athletes as a whole, what, what's your initial reaction? Oh, I mean, it's absolutely incredible when you get a group of people together with a vision in mind and it you know it comes to fruition that's it's really incredible to see it to see the building to see how amazing it is um and when I, I know we were just talking about like as a student athlete if you're here as a student athlete and you get to enjoy this place like I, I couldn't be more happy for those guys that are like you get to walk in this place every day and do your work um and that's awesome it's awesome to see you're definitely one of the most visible athletic alumni we have uh, obviously one of the best in the in the bigs and someone who also comes back quite frequently though you host a uh, pitching camp here uh, for EMU baseball and uh, we see you back quite frequently what is it about uh, the Ypsilanti community in eastern Michigan as a whole that that keeps you feeling like it's home and brings you back you know it, it is home you know I, I grew up you know just about an hour away um, but like I said you come to school here it becomes your home you you build relationships that last for a lifetime um, like I said you just you have all these wonderful relationships that just it, when they build and they build in, in a great way it makes you want to come back um, you know and give back it's great you told me that selfishly you wish you had something like this when, when you were donning the green and white. But tell me a little bit about what brought you to Eastern, even without a facility like this. I wanted to, play, I wanted to go to school and play baseball. You know, I knew I was going to get my degree and, you know, do well in school, but I wanted to play baseball. Um, and Eastern at the time was the school that gave me one of the best opportunities to do that. Um, maybe had some other opportunities. Obviously, scholarships come into play. The scholarship offer was a big draw. Um, just different things like that. Like I said, and, and being close to home, I guess, didn't make my parents unhappy. So I was a good thing for that. From a recruiting standpoint, someone who's gone through the process, someone who's still heavily involved in the game, what does a facility like this mean to a recruit who might be deciding between Eastern and, and another school in the Mid-American Conference? Like I said, when you, when you can put facilities like this out there and put your name on it and say, hey, as a university, this is ours, that's what gets people to come. This is, this is going to get people to come that wouldn't have came before. Like I said, when you get a facility like this, you, you have the, the lounges, the hangout rooms, the, the gym, the workout facilities, the training room. But when, it, when it's to this scale, it, you're, you're doing it right. And, and that's what you do. You've got you to bring people in and bring athletes in, and this is going to really help that. I saw you earlier chatting with head coach Eric Roof uh, and some of his staff. What has uh, been your impression of Coach Roof and just two seasons here at EMU about what he's brought to the program and, and where he'll take it in the future? Yeah, no, Roof is awesome. Like I said, I've, I've known him you know, well before these last couple of years with him coaching um, here at Eastern. But you know, like I said, just just a great, great guy, great character, great knowledge of the game. You know, and that thing, th- those all come together for success. You personally coming off a early season injury this year, uh, so weren't able to, to take part in as many games as you'd like this year on the mound. But tell us a little bit about how your recovery is going and what your kind of day to day outlook is right now. Yeah, you know, recovery is going really great. Couldn't be more thankful how well it's going. I'm about, I'm about four months out from ACL surgery. The strength is great. I'm doing all my workouts, leg workouts, squats, you name it. Um, like I said, everything's going really well. Uh, I should be game ready in about, you know, just say two to three months. Unfortunately, that's the off season for us, but I'll be ready to go. 
Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening, and be sure to follow EMU Athletics on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more. You can download this episode of the podcast and every episode before on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and for the first time at emueagles.com slash podcasts. Stay tuned in the weeks to come. We've got plenty of special guests and exciting things revolving around Eastern Michigan Athletics that we want you to be a part of every single week. So for Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, wishing you all a happy and healthy week to come. Until next time, go green, go white, and go Eagles.